Hey there, I'm Helen Ornelas, and I've been a life insurance, long-term care, and Medicare broker for over 20 years, helping thousands of clients during this time. I've come across all types of cases, questions, and calls from people who are in planning or in crisis and provided solutions. So welcome to the OnLive podcast with Helen Ornelas. Listen, you know as well as I do that taking care of important things in life is motivating, empowering, and even inspirational. You're thinking, what does this look like? If you're a business owner, executive, or someone who wants to know, what do I need to know about life events, how to prepare, where can I get help, you're in the right place. These life events will be coming your way, and you will receive these phone calls from your family, siblings, in-laws, grandparents, business partners, and friends. What calls do you think are coming my way? Let's find out. I'll be sharing stories, solutions from me, my clients, providers of service, and others that can help you now or in the future. We have the toolbox here on life, so if you're ready, let's get your toolbox loaded up. Hello, this is Helen with On Life with Helen. Hey, we're heading into the holidays a little bit, and so I wanted to share with you a little bit of a personal journey that I've been on for a year or two. And as you know, I made that big list right last year and I knocked it out almost. And one of the last ones is uh, struggling with what I call pre-diabetes diabetes, which has been a big pain in my rear end. <laughs> and so <laughs> my guest here today is Jen Living Good. By the way, I love your last name. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I had it actually. I think that's a cool, cool name. Yeah. So you try to buy it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of a big, uh, that could be a little bit of a weight on your shoulders, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so in my quest to understand what's going on with my body that took a complete U-turn on me, it's been mind boggling, but I've been working on it, educating myself. I won't bore you with a lot of details Right now, I might do another one with the nitty gritty, but what I do want to share with you is that in July, I figured that I needed help, and so I signed up for a keto app, and they had people and coaches you could sign up with, and that's where I met Jen Livingood, and so she has been amazing. I'm going to be quiet now and let her introduce herself. And share with her how she helps people like me and a little bit about our journey. So, Jen, fire away and let everyone know what you do. And uh, we'll just start talking about the journey here. Okay. Well, yes. So I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist. And I focus on functional nutrition, which in like really quick terms means I look at each individual as unique and their health situation as unique. And we try to address more like root cause rather than just symptoms. So it takes a lot of digging. It takes time to do it that way. But um, we're looking at the whole lifestyle. We like zoom way out, look at the lifestyle, and then hone in on on some of those root causes. One of the things that I enjoyed or I liked is there was a little bit of a questionnaire, and I got to say that I was a female over 60, and then I got you which was amazing and encouraging because I felt like somebody kind of understood my body a little bit more. Yeah. I'm enjoying that with age, you gain wisdom. Or yes. You, you know, that, that's the hope anyway. Right. So, um, 
thank you for saying that, but I really do enjoy like in life, just learning through experience and being able to help other people along the way. I live in Oregon, beautiful Pacific Northwest, and I live out on, I call it a mini farm. I have chickens and barn kitties and nice. a big garden and my family. And so uh, we're just kind of living out here in the active outdoor Northwest and yeah, try to stay active and very, very into the whole health aspect of life. I appreciate that. I wish I could be your neighbor. Yeah, that would be, <laughs> That'd be awesome. great. I know. So I'll share a little bit. I started the keto app in the middle of July of uh, 2022, and I was just really frustrated. I've spent the last couple of years educating myself and all of the ups and downs and numbers going up and down and just really feeling out of control a little bit. And so keto app for me has been a lifesaver and working with you. It's it's a way to track things. I learned that there are carbs and, and stuff that you wouldn't even think about. And the most important part of the journey, so I'll let you know, I've been on it for three months down about 17 pounds or so. And my A1C is down two points, which is a lot. If you're in this world, you know, that's a lot of hard work and also cutting back on some of the medication. And Jen, I'd like you to maybe share what our journey has looked like from your perspective. For me, having someone to check in with every week, you never pushed me, always super positive and giving me hacks on on like how to take care of the next week and kind of stick to it. So why don't you share with me what it looked like on your side to work with me and other clients? Yeah. So one thing that comes to my mind is that one of the things I love about working with clients is I'm a people person. I'm a heart connector. And I love the initial conversation when it goes like ours did. It's like, you know, in like 10 seconds, like connection. Right, right. Which is really cool. And the other thing that I noticed right off the bat with you was that you came to me and you were like, I have this list of things I'm nailing in life. You know, like <laughs> I, the change that you want to see is right. really powerful because, I mean, it's not like someone's going to call me and not know they need to make a change. They did, they obviously knew they needed help. But you had a lot of motivation coming in and a lot of like kind of personal successes under your belt already where you knew that you could move forward. And so that's a big one because working through that initial like, why do you need to change? What, you know, what's in your way? That kind of stuff. It came pretty quickly for you because you had put a lot of thought into it already. Right. And that's, you know, it varies with clients of that where you are on the journey and <laughs> how motivated you are and how, how much you can stick to it with this particular diet with the keto diet, applying it is, can be really hard. You came to me through the app, which means you already had a tool in hand. Right. And that tool is really powerful in terms of tracking what you eat, seeing what it's worth and then being able to compare that to your progress, right? So there's a lot of science in the realm of food tracking. Right. <laughs> we know that people who track or log their food intake, they progress faster. Let's put it that way. And 
it be, it raises an awareness and it's an easy education tool to tell yourself like, oops, when I do a week like that, it doesn't usually come out that great. Right. Right. So yeah, that's, I mean, in general, that's kind of the gist of how we got started. And there's a lot of components to getting to know each other from the client coach relationship, right? Figuring out like what, what is happening in your whole life, right? We spend actually a lot of time just talking about life. Yeah. Yes. And (laughs) you know, one of my journeys is just, you know, I own a business and, and I know uh, you're very busy with several projects and businesses as well. And sometimes that business just becomes a priority and everything gets in the backseat and talking to you every week just kind of helps me reset and reprioritize for my health because this year is all about putting, you know, me and my health and, and just my spirit first. Yeah. It's the hardest thing, whether you have a business and, or you have a busy family or, you know, extended family stuff going on in your community, all of that. Somehow it feels like it can take a front seat to your health. And then you get like so far into it that you can't, you realize like when you're so deep, you're like, oh my gosh, I forgot about me. Right. And you can't operate that way. You can't even be a good business owner or family member or community member or friend when you have lost complete sight of what's most important for you. Yeah. Uh, One of the things that I wanted to tap your expertise on is just diabetes pre-diabetes, diet, it is, you know, I'll tell you, you know, my doctors have tracked all of my labs for the last 12, 15 years, right? Yep. And I chugged along totally fine. And then I had this one reading that just went crazy and it never returned. And my doctor just goes, oh, it's just been waiting to happen. It's a slippery slope. Sends me to some crappy diabetes class with some crappy recipe book that was disgusting. Yes. And uh, keep wanting to give me medication. And I really had to slam the brakes on early to educate myself because, you know, some of it was probably denial. I get that. But more, I just felt that there was a different solution to this. And so I'm super excited to continue my journey with you because I'm headed in the right direction, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm hoping by the end of the year to have this in line and all of my, my medication. And so I want to share with you, well, I would like you to share your knowledge with the audience about all of this (laughs) and I'll be quiet for a while. (laughs) Okay. I I'm going to try not to get like too science nerdy about that. And I, I will say I, I am kind of an out of the box thinker or I attempt to be, I think that, we can get a little bit lost in the medical system. And that is kind of what you're describing. It's right. like, you go in, they give you a report. They're like, this is really bad, but here, just take this and everything will be okay. Go to this class. And um, even just traditionally what we as a medical industry have been teaching diabetes patients to eat is showing to be not good. <laughs> yeah. So with that preface and also that you know there's you can go really deep into this topic i want to give a very generalized yes i want to i know that you're not a doctor right yeah. and so you know this is just advice that you would give maybe a, a client of yours and i realize that but 
I want to encourage my business owners that are so busy out there and moms and dads and people in general that educating yourself and looking for other options will give you good results as well. Yeah. And here's the thing. And I, I love that you're even asking about this because you are a perfect example of how diabetes shows itself. Right. It hides, actually. It does. Is a more important probably way to say it. I've heard statistics of saying that like it can be sitting in there brewing for like 10 years. Right. And by the time you get to that 10 year mark, now you're 10 years in and you got to back up, which is you've spent this year with your reverse lights on. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> um, and the reason I say that is because I think this message applies to literally everyone. The standard American diet has gotten really, really diminished in quality because of our food supply and like the rush of our life. Right. <laughs> so those two things combined make it really easy to just rely on processed foods and I think the average amount of sugar a person eats a year is like 95 pounds of sugar. Ugh. And I know that sometimes it seems like oversimplification when we call diabetes like the sugar disease. Right. It really, truly is, at the end of the day, a result of all the icky stuff that we're putting in our body. And from the scientific term, it's the glucose, right? And so. Right. When you get to the point where you're at, you're being told, well, your blood glucose is this and your insulin situation is this. And what happens, though, over time, and let's just kind of back up to talk about like the general body situation here. Glucose is the energy form that comes out of carbohydrates. And some people call them carbs. We all have some sort of feeling when we hear the word carbs. Right. But what happens here with the carbohydrates is when we start consuming more glucose than we need, the glucose goes into your blood right? and it rises. What your body does, and even like, let's just say we're not even eating more than we need, but what your body does when you eat something that turns to glucose in your blood is it raises insulin. The insulin is there to bring the blood sugar down so that we don't have too much sugar in our blood. Right. That's a good thing. But what happens is that the more your blood sugar continues to rise over time, your insulin has to keep rising to bring it down. So you're getting this constant production of insulin and then your body actually sort of becomes immune to that insulin in a sense. Right. To use more insulin, more insulin. That's why you hear the term insulin resistance or if you're an insulin resistant person, my guess would be to say most of us have insulin resistance issues because we know that we're all pretty much over consuming carbohydrates. That's the refined sugars, the refined flours, and all the fructose in, in our food supply, the fruit juices and like sucrose, which is table sugar is a combination of glucose and fructose. Right. All of those things I just named are contributing to that rise in blood sugar from carbohydrates. The only thing that that isn't contributing to that in the realm of carbohydrates is the fiber portion of it. Fiber passes right through. 
But when we continue to increase that need for insulin and we start to resist it, the insulin, basically to simplify it, that insulin buildup in your body starts doing things that it shouldn't. It starts taking that glucose to, first it takes it to your liver, then it takes it to your muscle. And then when that's all full, because you have a storage capacity there, it starts taking it to your fat cells. And what ends up happening there is you get fatty liver. We think of fatty liver as an alcohol issue, but in truth, now we're starting to look at liver enzymes as part of our metabolic blood panel. Right. I mean, I know I'm in my mid forties and I went in to get my labs thinking I need to check my liver because it's very common at a young, younger, younger, younger age, even in teenagers that we are getting this fatty liver. That's the real slippery slope because we need to move fat out of our liver (laughs) (laughs) so that we don't have all this insulin happening because the insulin is what's getting in the way of burning fat. So I have a couple of questions. Most people know my main business is life insurance and the fatty liver thing shows up in 30 year olds and 40 year olds all the time now. And you're right. In the past, we always used to think that it was just an alcohol issue, but it is not. I mean, it's most certainly dietary. And uh, sometimes we have to convince the underwriters. Sometimes they'll send over an alcohol questionnaire for a, and I'm like, what is this for? And it has to do with the liver results. And they just want to confirm. But I think they're a little bit surprised on how much they're seeing it as well. So here's my question. You see this on the internet all the time. Detoxify your liver. You Mm -hmm. have fatty liver, you know, take this pill and everything's going to be great. How do you help your liver recover? And can you? I don't even know if you can, to be honest with you. Yes, you can. You do it by taking all of the garbage out of your diet. And you will, if you remove the sugary carbohydrates, and that's Again, it's the refined sugars, the refined flours, the fructose, and the corn syrup. I'm just going to oh yeah, kind of as a side category, but it is in there. It's a refined sugar. If you start looking at the labels of the foods that you eat, even the stuff that you're getting at health food stores, some health food stores don't allow anything with corn syrup in their supply, but um, look at the amount of corn syrup that's in our daily diet, that's a huge part of it. But I think number one is really removing those foods from your daily intake. You can get rid of the fat out of your liver. And the cool thing is, is our liver regenerates. We do know that it can regenerate. Um, Liver cleanses seem to be popular. I've never personally done one. I do think that like when we're approaching stuff like that, look at what kind of natural things. Right. I don't know that some of them would necessarily hurt you. Like they might be good for other things too. So it's not a bad thing to look into, but I think it's sort of like you're wanting a shortcut and what do you really need to do? Right. Lifestyle change. Yes, yes. I will share with you that struggling with prediabetes slash diabetes is a real energy suck. I'm working on endurance right now. And I'm a pretty A-type personality, go, go, go person. But 
Boy, I'll tell you, my endurance has just really been knocked out by dealing with this. But I will say, since I have been on keto and really just staying on this journey and with you, my energy level is like doubled from when I started in July. And I'm so grateful because I feel like I've got my brain and my body back a little bit. And for me, you know, I eat protein and vegetables and you and I talk about if I need to eat a, a little bit of a baked potato, how do you prepare your body for it? Yes. And yeah. So do you have a couple of hacks? I mean, you gave me the best idea for those, you know, rare occasions that I just really have to have a baked potato, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah so maybe you can share with us uh, the recommendation that you gave me and why it works. Because yes. it did work, by the way. Okay. So I have a list of hacks. I yeah, like go for it. But can we, I want to back up for just a second because I want to point out why you're feeling that way. When you have dysregulated blood sugar, it, that just really means that you have big spikes and valleys in the amount of blood sugar in your body. You need energy, right? And glucose is a form of energy. It's the first form of energy that your body looks for to operate. And you have organs that need glucose, like bottom line, that's what they need to, to keep you alive. When you don't have glucose immediately available, your body's going to go looking for glycogen, which is the storage form of glucose. Right. So if you start limiting your carbohydrates, now the glucose isn't very available, right? So then right. your body's like, oh gosh, I got to go look in my storage units and see where I can find some energy. Now, over time, if you're really limiting carbohydrates and in your situation using the keto diet for that, which is, I would call that severely limiting your carbohydrates, right. your body can actually produce glucose in the liver to sustain your life for those organs. That is meant to do that. It's a really great thing that that can happen. And then what your body is going to do to look for energy just to operate now that you've gotten the carbohydrates and that glucose situation kind of moved to the side, it's going to use ketones. Ketogenesis is your body's way of like using fatty acids for energy. So I just want to put that out there because what you've been experiencing with all the fatigue, like let's say pre-keto Right. You just have complete like inefficiency of energy use because your body's like spiking on the glucose and it's throwing all this insulin at it and the insulin isn't working to bring it down. And then we can't move it into the body to be used adequately. Right. So it's not strange that you would feel that way. And I bet you if we polled everybody, they would also say that they experience this at some level. And that's because everybody's kind of spiking and dropping in their blood sugar. Um, You don't have to even be pre-diabetes to be experiencing these spikes. Right. Some of the things you can do, like, let's call this like mid-level change, because if you really are looking for an extreme change and a big turnaround, you'd be more doing what you're doing. Correct. Right. (laughs) But there are some things that you can do on a daily basis that can be really helpful. And I've already talked about the first one, which isn't a hack. It's just a like a habit change, which is getting right. We find things. So there is a book that I, it came out just this year. It's called The Glucose Revolution. 
You can put it in your show notes for yep. it. And the woman who wrote it, her name is Jessie Inchospay. I think I'm saying that right. She is this like adorable, bright, cheerful scientist. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that has put extensive work into this topic. And her, her book is so good. I actually listened to it. She narrates it herself. She has a really great Instagram account that provides a lot of, of these hacks, but that is kind of her concentration. And so I just wanted to say up front, like I just grabbed a few of her hacks that I thought were like the most applicable and easy to apply daily. But the one that I originally told you about right. is eating your foods in the right order. Right. And it's really cool because I actually had never heard this put this way and it it's not super hard to do. But it basically says to eat your vegetables first, then your proteins, and then your carbohydrates. And the reason for that, and you can almost picture this happening, when you eat, like, say, your broccoli, right, goes down into your stomach, it creates this little, I think of it like a carpet almost. Right. (laughs) So that anything coming out on top of it has to sort of work through that carpet to continue through your system. When you put your protein on it, it's another layer of like absorption challenge, if you will. And then putting your carbs in at the very end means those carbs are going to be slowed down so much that they're not dumping into your blood so fast. Right. Okay. So let's say you're eating lasagna. That's going to be a little harder. Right, because right, it's all mushed up together, right? Yes. Yeah, so I'm, I am I bring that up because I know someone's instantly thinking like, well, that's not going to work when I eat my lasagna. Right. Right, that's going to make it a little harder. I suppose you could kind of work <laughs> through that a little in your food, but even like if you think of a sandwich, this rule of thumb doesn't mean you don't get the bread. It means you eat the bread last. So you have to deconstruct the sandwich. Right. Eat the vegetables that you were going to eat on it first. Maybe chop them up, make it more like a salad, the veggie part, eat that. Then move on to the meat that was in there and the cheese or whatever protein that you were choosing there. And then we eat the bread at the end. And maybe you toast the bread so it's not like you're just eating right. a, a random piece of bread. And even in the bread realm, there's breads you can choose that are much slower to absorb. The like pumpernickel is slower to absorb. So something that's a lot more dense will serve you better in terms of what happens to your glucose spike afterwards. Yeah. So I was having, I think it was a birthday dinner or something, or I just wanted to go out and have a steak and crab legs. And I wanted that baked potato (laughs) and I was going to eat it one way or another because I just wanted to have it. But when you turn it into a science project that went ding, 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 ding in my head. And I'm like, cool. Yeah. Uh, I want to try this out. Literally, I did eat asparagus and some other vegetables that I took off my husband's plate. I started eating my steak and lobster and poked around with the potato at the very end. And I did not really, I had a very mild, short rise. Now, normally when I would eat a meal like that, I'm digging in that baked potato First off, because it's like dessert to me, right? You want to get all that butter, sour cream, get it all mushed together and start digging into it. 
And you can actually feel it when you do that, that your body's like getting this, uh, like this fix, right? I call it the carbohydrate fix because you can feel it in your body. Yeah. There's a, um, a huge chemistry reaction that occurs there. Yeah. And your brain is part of that too, because it starts to feed something in your brain that says, I want more of that. Yeah. It's Um, like you're a junkie. You're a carbohydrate junkie. (laughs) I, I mean, really it is. It is because when you feed your body, it's like the more you have, the more you want. And that is a brain reaction that's happening. It's, I always think of it as that. It's like that little um, lock and key situation. Right. And that lock is going in and it's finding, or the key is going in, finding the lock. And then it's just like an explosion of locks everywhere that want keys. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, you know, restaurants do a really good job of putting that bread down and the chips down in front of you. And really what happens is you end up overeating, not only because it tastes good and you ate a whole bunch of that up front, but then what it's doing is if you sit there long enough, you want more after your meal again. Right. You're in this kind of cycle of just feeding the carbohydrates in. Yeah, I guess that's why, you know, when you eat pizza or Chinese food or something that pasta, I mean, for me, and, you know, literally you're hungry an hour or two afterwards and you're like, holy cow, I mean, I just ate a ton of food and I can't believe I want to go rummage in the kitchen again now. Yeah, I noticed that with sushi too. Yes. Oh, Uh, yeah, that rice. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll feel so full at the end of it. And then like an hour hour and a half later, I'm like, I am starving. Yes. Yeah. That is so weird. Yeah, it is. But once you start to break it down and understand what's happening in your body, it does make sense. I think I would also like to mention with that, that I've noticed because I've, you know, cut my carbs way out over the last few years is that when I make that choice to do the rice or, right. or even a sugary dessert or something like that, I notice my mood is really affected. I get emotional and kind of angsty and worried. My anxiety goes up. It wasn't until I really kind of got out of my diet that I could identify that that's what was happening. And when you think about what's happening around us with our friends and our family and how much people are really stressed, they're depressed, Mm -hmm. anxiety. I mean, every teenager I encounter tells me they have anxiety. I'm like, well, let's start with food. What's going on with food? What's how much sugar are you eating and how much hidden sugar are you consuming? Yeah. Like how many Red Bulls and how many stops at Starbucks before you even get to class are you consuming? Right. So much. Yeah. So much. So yeah, that's going back to eating food in the right order. I think that's just a really awesome tool to put into practice. It's easy. It's, it's, you can apply it starting today. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, go ahead and and share some other hacks. Yeah. So another one that I think is really useful is that when you're hungry and you're feeling like you really need a snack, choose savory over sweet. When we don't choose the sweet thing, we then end up avoiding that sucralose. Right. Which are the sucrose, which this is a sciencey thing. But with sucrose, you have... It's a mixture of molecules of glucose and fructose. And the problem with fructose is it actually spikes your, it requires more insulin. Got it. (laughs) Without going too far into that, like let's just not do that. Let's not create a situation where we need more insulin because we're already in a situation where 
that insulin resistance is a challenge for all of us. And I'm speaking about like, whether or not you think you have a blood sugar issue, just apply this to you because it will help you in the long term of your life. So choosing savory snacks over sugary. And when you think of something like a carbohydrate thing, let's say you decided to have an English muffin with peanut butter on it instead of a cupcake. When you think of it like that, you can instantly know like, okay, that's obviously better. That And that I put some protein on there too. Right, right. <laughs> but you realize instantly like, okay, that's really obvious that the cupcake is going to be worse for you because it's filled with sugar. Right. So that's number two. And she has a lot, the, the author I referred to has a lot of hacks, but I just, I'm giving you my favorites. If you look into her, she talks a lot about vinegar. And so I'm not going to go into that one because I want you to explore it on your own. It's really interesting. But I will say that she talks also a lot about walking or moving after you eat. And there's been a lot of recent research showing that even if you walk 10 minutes after you eat a meal or a snack, it's, it like majorly brings down that spike. And it's really fun to see it on a graph where someone has compared, you know, you see the big right. all peak, the mountain of blood sugar situation <laughs> that happens. And then, you know, on the flip side, if you do the walk afterwards, and I've even heard it done with like a can of Coke and where it almost made no difference to their blood sugar when they did the walk. Wow. Not saying you need to drink a can of Coke. Right, right. But just to show the extreme help that that can provide to you. So the other one that's my very favorite one, and it's so, I love it because it's cute too. And she's just so cute. (laughs) (laughs) She says to put some clothes on your carbs. So if you're going to choose to eat some kind of carbohydrate food, like an English muffin, if you dress it with some protein, then it's going to slow stuff down. So you put the peanut butter on the English muffin. Um, If you're going to eat a tortilla, you put some meat in it. If you're going to eat, let's say, some fruit, like some mango, add some ham to it. Oh, interesting. So anytime you can add some protein to that. And I think that, you know, we think about that. We're like, "Mm -hmm, I know, I get it. That's a great idea. I'm going to totally do that. What happens to you? when you let yourself get to that point where you like, I must have a snack now. Right. What do you go for? Oh, Most people go for the potato chips. That's me. I'm potato chips. 100%. Yeah. Yep. Not uh, anymore, obviously. Right. Of course. No, but like, I know if, if I open my cabinet, one of the things I see is like peanut butter filled pretzels, which have peanut butter in them but since I've moved so far away from carbs right that that amount of pretzel I'll feel that so it's we want the crunch we want something oftentimes salty or sweet because those are the things that are going to instantly satisfy you that satisfaction is your peak right you have to experience the drop unfortunately yeah yeah and that's no fun yeah in this journey I found some really good ways to kind of I have pumpkin seeds that have taken my potato chip fix and satisfied it. And there's a, a company called Mr. Tortilla. They have great little tortillas that work. And so it's made my breakfast happy again. Yes. And they have some a brownie mix and a chocolate chip cookie mix where if I, I make them and I throw them in the freezer, 
they're like one net carb, super satisfying at the end of the day. If I need just a little something to end telling my body that we're done eating for the day, because sometimes you need that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I have found for me and everyone needs to find their own stuff that there are alternatives out there. Now, I know that on the keto for a lifestyle, it's a permanent change for me because I really feel that that's going to be my solution and me taking responsibility for my health and getting off medicine and staying in a healthy range. And I'm doing this with my sisters and they're taking a more moderate road, but they're having success as well. So I guess what I want to do is share is you don't have to do the deep dive like I've done, but I was a little bit further down the road than they were, but my sisters are getting their doctors tapping them on the shoulder saying, all right, you're next if you don't take care of this, right? And they have had really good success and they've had labs and they're back in the healthy range. And so they're learning that they need to also make a permanent change and they're taking a more moderate road like you had spoken about. Yeah. And, you know, I think it does depend where you're at and what how urgent it is. Right, right. I think it's really great if you're going to start out on a journey like this if you get your labs done to yes. so that you can compare, it's really nice to be able to check in at that three, six, 12 month point. They say it takes about three months to really see a change in metabolic labs when you've made a big change in your food intake. So you have to be patient. And you know what I always preach to you and yes, you heard me say it so many times the slow and steady win the race. Yes, yes. And it's the long journey that we're on. And it's not meant to be like, oh, dang, this is going to take forever. It's really just so that we can look out ahead and think, this is a change I want to make and I want it to last. Right, and right. People have you talked to that say, oh, I, I tried that diet or this diet and I lost 100 pounds and then I gained it all back when I stopped. Yeah, this is not a diet. This, <clears throat> it's a life change style and everyone's got to find their own journey. I mean, I've certainly been up, up and down, but I'm confident. And what I always like to share, especially for my business owners that are listening out there and busy people, when you can, you need to hire and find people to help you because we can't do it all. Just like we have accountants and CPAs and marketing people you know, we have all these people in our world and I was so fortunate to find you. I had been looking for somebody for a year just for this category, right? Yeah. Because I had so much information in my head. I didn't know what to believe. And so when you and I started working together, I'm like, okay, I feel like I can turn this over to her and we can work as a partnership, but I don't have to try and figure it out on my own because it's a big, hairy, blobby mess as far as I'm concerned. It is. And I think one of the things that's really nice about working together the way we have is that life can kind of change from week to week. You just don't really know what's coming at you, right? Right. So sometimes we've just had to dial it down a little bit and break off the small pieces. Right. I mean, you bring up a good reminder that with the fire that we had in Forest Hill, all of a sudden I had three relatives staying with us, a 125 pound dog, three guinea pigs, 
my <laughs> office got totally mobbed. My life got mobbed and, and for a good reason, don't get me wrong. Yep. But it's amazing how you can have, I was like, oh, I've got this under control. And then all of a sudden someone else is in my kitchen and someone is sitting in my chair, you know, it's so <laughs> dumb. And I really didn't go off the wagon, but I did end up eating more. Yep. And also later in the day, waiting for everyone to get together and eat together. And so quickly I had to reown yeah. my routine um, when I got kind of, you know, when we had this thing that went on for almost three weeks, you know. Yeah. yeah. You did a great job, actually. I mean, that was a tough situation. And I'm glad that we were talking throughout. I think that helped a yes, lot. Yes, very much so. I think you could have been pretty derailed had we not just checked in and said, okay, right. what are the challenges, what are we doing? And then it's been a really great building block of looking ahead because there's going to be something else. Sure. One of the things I talk about with a lot of my clients that comes up is, oh my gosh, I'm going to travel. Can you help me choose good foods for traveling? Can we make a plan? You and I did that together at one point. Yeah, we did it like five weeks ahead of my trip. I'm like, holy cow, she's talking to me now and my trip's like five weeks ahead. But man, I had it dialed down and it worked out really well. And I did have one really good meal while I was on that business trip. But you know what? I enjoyed it and it was okay to be on point the rest of the time because I knew I was going to have this special dinner. <laughs> I think that's the other thing and that I work with clients a lot on is that just because you decided to eat a food choice that maybe wasn't on your top list. Let's put it that way. It doesn't mean it's over. Right. It just means we wake up tomorrow and we start back on what we know. And I think, I mean, clearly we can't do that every day because then nothing would be happening. But knowing that you just have, like you and I schedule our phone calls way out. We do the check-in. We just revisit and we're like, okay, just reset, right? right. And some of that's just, you got to be in charge of your own mental game. <laughs> right, right. And so I always tell people I am your coach, which means I'm here to help you and cheer for you, but yes. you're doing the hard work. You yep. really are. And it's so cool to watch people do that hard work and see the results and the momentum builds, right? Yeah, it certainly does. So I know we're getting ready to to come to the end of this episode here. And I are there any closing notes or something that you would like to say to the audience before we we, <laughs> know, we close this episode out? Well, I would just say that educating yourself and finding some interest in this information is the right first step. I do agree. Getting help if you can is really what's going to punch it into full action. But I know I've talked to so many people through the years and when they start digging into some of it, it's exciting. And you kind of get into this place where you're like, oh my gosh, now that I know what I know, I can't go back. Right. Right. And I would say, make that your goal. Make it a goal to get to a place where you're moving forward and you don't want to go back to where you were. You might need support for that. And certainly like what you've done or your sisters have done it alongside of you. Oh my gosh, peer support is huge. And ultimately this problem in our general diet in our country, especially, it's not going away. No, it's not. It's getting worse and it's scary worse. 
like the metabolic dysfunction, they say that 88% of American adults have some kind of metabolic disorder. That leaves 12% of people that don't. And, um, you know, I hear that statistic and I think, well, I've been putting this into practice in my life and I try to be as healthy as possible, but I know I'm not excused from that. None of us are. Right. I would say maybe think of yourself as probably you are facing a challenge like that in your body, whether you know it or not. And now is the time to take action because five years from now, you don't want to look back and be like, oh man, I wish I would have started that five years ago. Just do it today. Yeah. No, I hear you. There's a lot of good information out there. Well, Jen, thank you for sharing all of your wisdom and your hacks and the whole deal. We are going to get back together around the holidays so that you can give us another dose and and maybe help kind of keep us on track and um, and help us kind of power down. And uh, yeah, enjoy the holidays. Yes. And maybe our little cheater things here and there, but how to prepare for it and the whole deal. Yeah. And th- I think it's going to be great to talk about just like we planned for your travel. We planned yeah. for holidays. All right. Well, you'll have show notes and you'll, and in the show notes, you'll know how to get a hold of Jen if you want to get with her and have uh, an in-depth conversation. So Jen, thanks so much yes. for being on the keto app and being available as my food coach, <laughs> your lifesaver. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. We'll be talking again. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of On Life with Helen Ornelas podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share with a friend. And if you haven't already subscribed, rated and reviewed on your favorite podcast player, please do. If you have any questions or comments, any topic ideas, or you might want to be a guest on my show, you can reach me directly, Helen at OrnelasInsurance.com, H-E-L-E-N at O-R-N-E-L-L-A-S Insurance.com. In closing, this podcast is dedicated to all who believe in preparing for the future and beyond. Beyond.